moments ago as Pastor was sharing, Tanya leaned over to me and she goes, you know, I woke up this morning just thinking today was going to be one of those, it's powerful, those off script days. You know, we work hard here. We do. We, we really work hard to get it right. And that's to be commended. And God wants us to get it right. He wouldn't have given Moses the specifics of the tabernacle the way that he did if he didn't want Moses to get it right. So we work hard. But we also pray hard. Some of what Pastor spoke about already this morning was just praying about, God, we want you to use us to touch this city and to fill these seats. This place wasn't built for a man. It was built for a city. Good place to say amen. And that our hearts cry is that, God, we're going to work hard. We're going to do things right. We're going to learn from other places around the nation. We're going to ask a lot of questions. We're going to encourage each other and build each other. But, God, all of it is so that you can show up and ultimately have your way in this place. That's our hearts cry here. And there's something wonderful stirring. There's genuinely something wonderful stirring here. I've been uh, so honored to be asked to be part of this team as the Connections Pastor. And the goal with the Connections Department is that we will do our best to equip people for the work of the ministry. That we are not a church that expects its people just to kind of pray and pay and get out of the way so the real youth, I mean, so the real ministers can do the real work. It's the opposite. We believe that we're called to equip people for the work of the ministry. That's you guys, amen? That's you guys. That's always been God's plan and God's purpose is that we could grow into that place of touching lives and blessing others and creating disciples. Well, one of the mechanisms that we're putting into place here at Calvary is a, uh, an experience that we're calling Next Steps. And we have our first ever Next Steps uh, 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 coming up this Saturday from, uh, from 10 a.m. to noon. It's free class. And that class has got this purpose attached to it, that we can help you find your place in the kingdom of God. We can help you find that, that niche using the giftings and the talents that God gave you to work for his service and for his kingdom, not only in the local church, but in the area that the local church affects. And uh, we want to invite you to do that. There are ways to sign up for that out in the lobby, both at the information booth, also in Guest Central. You can also circle N on your connection card, and uh, we would be glad to register you for that. Register you for that. We've got about 40 people signed up already. We think we're going to probably have somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 80 folks in our inaugural Next Steps experience, and we would love to invite you to be a part of it. If you're still kind of looking for that place that you fit, we're going to administer a spiritual giftings profile to you. It doesn't hurt. We're going to give you the chance to find out a little bit about where your giftings and your talents lie to help you get connected and help you get plugged in. 
There are a lot of great things that are happening here at Calvary. The foundations classes are another great way for you to get connected and to learn and to grow. There's signups for that also out in the lobby. Those are my commercials because those are the things we know are truly touching and changing lives in a smaller group environment. We want to invite you to that. Well, for the last several weeks, we've been in a series called Wow. The Wow Statements of Jesus. And it started off on Easter when Pastor uh, reminded us that uh, from the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. And today, I want to take you all the way through. I want to take you to that place where we, many of us know it by the Great Commission, in Matthew chapter 27, where Jesus says, go and make disciples. Today, I want to talk with you for a few moments about discipleship. It won't take a long time, but I really think that it really dovetails with the things that Pastor has already shared today from his heart. So go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 27. Can you do that real quick? Matthew chapter 27. These are the last few verses of the book of Matthew. And I think we'll have it up on the screen as well. Matthew chapter 27, I mean 28, verse 18 It says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. God, it's already so evident that you're in this place and among us. It's also very evident that you're working in us. We ask this morning that this time in your word, Lord, that you would have that word prophetically, literally leap off of those pages into our hearts. God, impact us this morning. You've challenged us, now impact us, and work in us. Let us say yes to your call, yes to your commands. For that, we'll humbly give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. I want to take a few moments and talk with you a little bit about what is locked up in this verse, and to see the things that matters so much when Jesus gives this great commission, when he gives these great words to his disciples. I I want us to kind of unlock those things and kind of see a little bit about what uh, goes on in them. And as as pastor was just speaking, I I leaned over to Tanya again and I said, I said, everything he's saying about the sometimes that we operate in our frailties or sometimes we operate in less than perfection is really wrapped up in two key words in this verse that for the first time ever leaped out at me. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped, watch this, but some doubted. Some doubted. That here they have watched, walked with him for a time of ministry. They walked with him and followed him. I don't think the case could be made that they were any less than Christ's followers. But when it came that time that Jesus, after the, after the resurrection, that he makes himself uh, visible to them, that these folks who followed him, these folks who kind of saw him do great things, teach great things, to lay hands on the sick and to see those sick recover, that even some of them doubted. 
And for the first time ever seeing those couple of words, I thought, man, there's hope for a guy like me. Because there's times that I don't feel like wearing my red cape around town. There are times that I feel like, Lord, why would you use me? Why would you give me a shot? Why would you trust me with stuff? And I found that these followers even doubted sometimes. I don't know so much, and this is my inference of the verse, you can take it where you need to. I don't know so much that it's that they doubted in him as they might have doubted him themselves. That he was now getting ready to give to them, just a couple of sentences away, he was getting ready to give to them this mandate from heaven itself and saying, it's on you now, boys. I'm getting ready to hand this over to you. I'm getting ready to trust you with it all. This whole kingdom thing we talk about, I'm going and I want you guys to run with it. He moves on to say this, watch, watch, watch. He says, some doubt it. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Major key sentence in this little cluster of verses. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. He was one more time, maybe one last time saying, guys, I really do have it all. I really do hear the Father. I really do connect with the leading of the Holy Spirit. All authority, anything that's needed in me to get ready to say this next sentence, has been given to me by heaven itself. Jesus' instruction was based on his authority. Good place to say, wow. His authority, his instruction that was getting ready to happen was based on his authority. Jesus knew who he was. He knew what had been given to him. And it was time for a, a change in the way things had been. It was time for it to have, it was time for him to give it to very normal men, some of whom still doubted. Watch this. And I said this to the men on, 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 tu on, on Tuesday morning. We, we went over this verse a little bit as well. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Verse 19. Therefore, so I heard it taught long ago that anytime you see the word therefore, you ask what it's. Now you'll remember that now. All authority has been given to me. Therefore, it's a transitional word. In other words, what comes after the word therefore is dependent upon what came before the word therefore. So we link the authority that he mentioned to the commandment that he was getting ready to give. And it was vital, it was important. He was saying to these folks that were with him in that moment, it's getting ready to all change. Go and make disciples. You go and make disciples. I've, I've, I've been given the authority and now I'm passing on to you not only the responsibility, but even for some of you knucklehead doubters. I'm gonna give you what you need in the moment. 
And I just started going, whoa, Lord, there's hope. Everyone say there's hope. There's hope for you and there's hope for me. That even if we aren't feeling like super Christian or even if we're in a difficult time or even if we're in that place where God's working in us and changing in us, that he's saying, hey, I want you to be the ones to go and make disciples. I need you. You are gonna begin changing lives through my power. You're gonna be the one and, and since this time, God has always used people to affect people. I know that's deep. He's using people to affect and impact people. And it's all built in. I mean, we think about it. We think about the, 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 the people we know on the soccer fields with our kids. And we think about the people that we know at the workplace. And we think about the family. All of these are the worlds that we live in. And he wants us to be, we're inserted right in the middle of that to affect people. And so when pastor starts talking about those seats up there. And that the vision of this house is to be full to serve people. That he's always planned it, that since this moment of going, instruction, instructing us to go and make disciples, that he's using people to affect people. Does that make sense? And so very quickly, just talking about this thought process of going and making disciples, um, a, a way that I've heard it described before that a disciple is a learner under discipline. A learner under discipline. A disciple could also be described as a fully functioning follower of Christ. But when it comes to going and making disciples of all men, and uh, I, 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 I'm a product of that myself. I really have a blessed uh, culture that I've come from, and I, I really believe wholehearted, wholeheartedly in this. But another way to think about discipleship is it's a mutual agreement um, where you have a strategic and influential voice into someone's life that results in their maturity in their walk with God. That you're able to connect with someone let me, let me show it to you this way. That our posture in life should look like this. As a believer, that we know we don't know it all. We know that we don't have it all together. So we look for folks who we can potentially reach up toward. That we look for some folks who know a little bit more than us. They've been walking with the Lord a little bit longer than us. They're, they're, they, they just, they're, they're a great source of wisdom and all this stuff. So we reach up to someone who knows a little bit more than us. But then we also have a care to reach backward to someone who may not know as much as us. And I want to take some of the pressure off of you. Nowhere in these three stations do you have to know it all. You just got to know some and be willing to give it away a little bit. Amen? You just got to know some and to use some. There have been a bunch of folks who have butchered scriptures but have changed lives as a result of it. It takes some of the pressure off, but, but learn the scripture. And so when we, when we start thinking about this thought process of discipleship, this, this king, we, we start understanding this kingdom thing this salvation thing, it's about you, but it's not just about you. 
Good place to say wow. It's about you, but it's not just about you. These seats are about you, but they're not just about you. That children's ministry is about your kids, but it's not just about your kids. That when we start thinking about what God has called us to do, the potential that in this town we have such an amazing opportunity. It's about you, but it's not just about you. Um, I wrote down a note here very quickly. It says, oftentimes the concept of making disciples is less activated by inspiration, but by revelation and illustration. We're preachers, we have to rhyme stuff. It's an obligation we have. Not by inspiration all the time, but sometimes by revelation and illustration. So Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul didn't say, I got it all together. We're gonna go through this perfectly. He didn't say, he goes, but you know, I'm just gonna start imitating Christ. I'm gonna start doing my best to be a fully functioning follower of Christ. So imitate me in that. I remember when I was a youth pastor in Titusville, worked for an amazing pastor for a season of time uh, named Larry Linkus at New Life in Titusville. And, uh, our youth ministry had seen some great things happen in it and, and we, uh, we, we had some great families connected and everything. And one morning at about 4.30 in the morning, I, I got a phone call and it was uh, Pastor Linkus and he says, hey, I need you to get to this certain address and I need you to, to come right away. And when I pulled up, I pulled up to a scene, a crime scene that looked like you would see in a movie. There were Tons of red and blue lights all up and down the streets and dozens of squad cars and EMTs. And I'm like, what happened here? And I got there and he was inside of the yellow tape and called for me to come through and uh, passed all of the, the, the police officers and everything. And, 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 and we went to the front yard of a home of a family in our church. As a matter of fact, it was not just a family in our church, but there were two out of the three children were in our youth ministry as teenagers. And he said, Aaron, something very bad has happened here. Somebody broke into the home and uh, was, uh, had, had a malicious intent to harm the 10-year-old daughter. And uh, parents intervened and um, some folks didn't make it. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And come to find out one of the teenage girls had locked herself in a closet and called 911 and remained safe through the whole thing, but the parents had both been brutally attacked. And uh, the father actually died in the process. And the mother, her name is Heysoon, the mother had been just viciously attacked. And uh, the 10-year-old daughter didn't make it either. And so as we arrived, or as I arrived, they were just taking Heysoon, the mother, to the hospital and Pastor Linkus just said they don't expect her to live. They, they don't have high hopes for this. And um, he goes, but we're going to the hospital. And it's interesting because in that moment, you have a lot of decisions to make as the leader, as the point person. You, you, can, you can say, no, oh, that just went bad, or oh my, we missed that one, or oh, we should have prayed harder. But no, he said, we're going to the hospital. 
And we drove and I'm here with my leader. I'm here watching and I'm here, I'm here. I was in my early 20s and just a brand new youth pastor and everything. And he is, uh, he is driving right behind that ambulance as we pulled up to the, to the hospital. They kicked open the doors and uh, several people were waiting for uh, them to arrive with this mom, hey soon. And, 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 and we got out of the car and, and, and ran right in there. And the place was buzzing with uh, attention because of what had happened. I mean, dozens of people were going all over the place, running all over the the place getting prepped for how they could do their best to help her and it was really interesting I've never experienced this before but we literally just followed the gurney straight into the ER and somebody yelled these are the pastors give them some space and I've never been anywhere near any situation like that in my life I won't get into the details of what I was looking at, but it was as extreme as anything you could imagine. And, uh, and it didn't look good in the natural. And Larry said to me very plainly, he goes, just get on the other side of the table. He says, you grab her hand and you grab my hand. And as that busy uh, emergency room had just been flooded with people, it seemed like no one was in there with us for a moment. And with a calm but commanding voice, he said, hey, soon I call you back from the other side of the black curtain of death. In Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, as a young kid, a young youth pastor, standing over that body and all that had happened to it, and I, I, I watched with my own eyes, I watched her convulse on the table and her eyes opened this big, and she gasped for air. And I'm telling you, we got rushed by those people from the ER, and they said, good, you're done. And they threw us out. <laughs> Today, she lives. She's an usher in that church today. God does miracles. God does things that we don't, we don't know how to, we, we don't know what place to put them in yet. But there are times when we can say to somebody, I don't know how this is going to work, I don't know how this is going to, but follow me and imitate me as I imitate Christ. We're not sure exactly what's going to happen, we're not sure exactly the outcome, but just, let's go for it in faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, verse 2, we see a pretty amazing set of scripture, and, and, and it goes this way. Now, of course, this is Paul writing to Timothy. And Paul says to Timothy, take these truths and sow them into reliable men who will one day be able to, rate, to train up others also. And when you think about that, that revelation was given to Paul by the Holy Spirit, you're looking at five stations, in essence, or five kind of levels of what's mentioned just in that one verse. The Holy Spirit speaks to, Neil, come here for a sec. Neil, join me. Would, would you do that? This is Neil Grobner, guys. You, you know him uh, for, here from the church. He's giving him a hand. He's an amazing, amazing man of God. Neil was my, hey, Neil was my first hug at Calvary. How, how many of y'all been hugged by Neil? Uh, yep, yep. 
So you help me with something real quick? And we'll go down here in a, in a second. But um, so what, what, what we have is we have, we have Paul giving instruction to Timothy. And he's going to basically play that first station of Paul for a moment. Just for a simple illustration. Take these. <laughs> you said you're up to the challenge. Okay. He gets, it's take these truths. It's just representation of the truths. So Holy Spirit gives to Paul truths that he now finds are working for him in life. And so you just stick with me. You just, you just stay, with, stay with me on this. So Paul's living his life. We see much of it in scripture. We see even more of his discipleship value in First and Second Timothy and other areas of scripture. But he's just walking through life. And he's, he's, just, he's just living life. Take these truths, Paul. I'm sorry, to Paul. Uh, Paul's telling to Timothy, take these truths. So they're truths that he has grasped and he knows. And then there comes a Timothy. There comes a Timothy. Can, can you help me real quick? Come on up. Come on, help me, help me real fast. What's your name? Jordan. Now it's Timothy. Okay. Come on. And, and you, you just, you just, Timothy, Paul, Paul, Timothy. Here we go. So he's got these truths. Holy Spirit has given him the truths. Take these truths and, and watch this. So he's, he's instructing Timothy to follow him. But you keep holding on to it. Paul, will you do that? We do that. So follow me, guys. So watch this. So watch for simple illustration. Um, so so we have the Holy Spirit who gives who gives the, the the truth to Paul, and Paul now instructs Timothy. Keep walking. Come with me. Stick with me, guys. Now Paul is now saying to Timothy, "Take these truths because we're connected. We I, I commit my life to you, Timothy. I start sowing into your life." There are things you'll walk through. There are things you need. There, you're going to mature in the things of God. And I know a couple of things. So he says to Timothy, take these truths and sow them into reliable men who will one day be able to train up others also. Did you ever think that you could be a product of him as he is imitating Christ? That as you imitate, uh, he imitates Christ, you begin imitating him. That's mind-blowing. And so, so, so help me out. So, so Manny, come on up. You come on up. Give me a hand real quick. So stay right there, guys. Stay right there. Very quickly. You probably already get what to do. Put that on. And uh, Manny, grab this real quick. So watch this. So, so, so Paul gets these truths from the Spirit of God. He says to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to begin doing the same that I've done for you. Take these truths and sow them into, come around here, Manny, and sow them into reliable men, come around this side, and who, who one day are going to be able to train up others also. So, so come, with, come with me. Stay, stay with me, guys. So watch this. So now what we have, we have Paul who is known for his wisdom, known for what God is doing, and he is saying, Timothy, I'm going to sow my life into you guys, into you. But Timothy... Watch this. We're successful when you start doing the same. We win when you begin duplicating yourself. The kingdom wins when we begin duplicating ourselves. Good place to say wow there. Y'all are missing some of this. This 
when we start talking about impacting a city, when we start talking about outreach, when we start talking about all of the, we, this starts winning when we say, somebody has sown into me at some time and at some place. And my heart of gratitude now starts seeking out someone who I can begin, watch this, reaching backward to, and to making a commitment to, Take these truths, and, and Timothy, I need you to take these truths and sow them into reliable men. All you follow, real quick. Gentlemen, can you help? Can you stand up real quick? We're gonna do the same, same thing, watch this. Manny, these boys are yours. Okay, watch this, and here, and here we go. I need, I, need, I need a couple, Bob, come help me real quick. Come, can you help me, Ron? Give me. And so watch this. So now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, we've got, we've got new connection. You connect right on there. And so it, simple, simple illustration shows, and this isn't like Amway where you're drawing circles and stuff like that. But this shows that all of a sudden, in one verse, five different levels of the verse, take these truths. You may not know it all, but you know enough to begin sowing into reliable men who will one day be able to train up others also. Does that make sense? Okay, you guys take them off as, as you can. I'm going to need that. And I'll go, let's wrap it up real quick. My, my goal is a real simple goal. And what I feel <clears throat> pastor's heart for this series was, was that we would have an understanding. I should say just even pastor's heart for this house is is that we would have an understanding that God wants to use us to radically impact the kingdom in Central Florida. That the local church is God's plan. And I heard it said to continue ushering, hurting humanity back to heaven. And so even if in the first verse we saw that some doubted, I just kind of I kind of take that as the opportunity for it to be able to work for any of us. We're not too young. We're not too old. We're not too busy. We're not unqualified. That God has begun giving us everything we need. Pastor used that verse earlier. Everything we need for life and godliness. That there are people in this room, pastor did this two weeks ago, and very quickly, and I'm gonna wrap it up with this. He asked you to stand up if you felt God's healing power in your life, and many of you did. And then he asked, stand up if you saw God radically affect your finances one time, and many of you stood up. I'm gonna ask you, if somebody has sown into your spiritual growth, your your maturity as a follower of Christ. Would you very quickly stand up real quick? Would you do that real fast? If somebody has sown into your life, that, that, that's amazing. Guys, rope illustration is dumb. This illustration is what the kingdom does. Amen? This is your illustration. And I want to I wanna create the tension with this question and that's this. Are you actively involved in a culture of discipling someone else? 
Would you just put your hand in the air if you are sowing into a life? Just gently put your hand in the air, fantastic. Fantastic, put your hands down, thank you. Stay standing if you would real quick, please. On the back of your bulletin is kind of a supplemental area of scripture that I'd love for you to go after later. It's in John chapter 17, and in my Bible, it's the NIV Bible, in my Bible it has a few headings for John chapter 17. Starting in the top of the verse, or on the top of the chapter, it says Jesus prays for himself, and then it moves in verse three or four, it moves into a heading that says Jesus begins praying for his disciples. And on the back of your bulletin, there are some points that talk about the 10 evidences of being a disciple of Christ. Look through John chapter 17 in your own time. Spend the week kind of letting it saturate a little bit, maybe. Read through those things that kind of show what discipleship. These are the things that Jesus prayed over his followers. Ask yourself, all right, Lord, where are these places that I'm living this? Where are these places that I might need to be stronger in it? Reach out to him and ask him to help you in it. But then look for those same things that you can do now to begin sowing into other people's lives. I believe with all of my heart that God has already crossed your paths with people that he needs you. He needs you in those places for ministry. God has already put people in your life. Many of you probably already have people on your heart where you you, you see, you, you see, that man, I, I, could, I could bless that situation. I could encourage that situation. I could grow that situation. Man, let's not wait for us to feel like we're fully ready. Let's not wait and let's not postpone things. There, there, there's, a, there's a kingdom mandate to go and make disciples. Can you imagine that when you walk in on Sunday morning in a year, that as you walk in those back doors or these side doors, that you're able to wave to people that today are not in this house? Go there, go, go there right now. Go there with me right now. Go, imagine, ima- see it, see it, it, it with, with a word picture in your mind that, that God puts it in your heart that you can walk into this place and there are people that aren't here right now that are worshiping. Can you see? Can you see people right now that you, maybe they have a a, a bad mouth on them at work. See them with their hands up and their head tilted back toward heaven. Can you see that family member who you always avoid at Thanksgiving and Easter? Can you see that neighbor? You wish they'd mow their lawn better. You wish they wouldn't be so mouthy at the association meetings. Can you see them with their lives changed, sitting in these seats, having their Christian walk grown and matured every day under the word? This is kingdom. This is kingdom. Pastor Aaron, I don't have that kind of legacy. You talk passionately about what your legacy has been, what your hair, I don't have that kind of, you know what, if you don't have one, start one. If you don't have one, start one today. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.